Hey, welcome to the Kick-Ass Life Project. I am Kate, your Kick-Ass Life Enabler, and this is a crash course in body confidence. Now, I have a lot to say about this, and I'm not going to get it all out in this episode, but I am going to be going through it fast, talking fast. We're going to bust a couple of myths, give you some insights about body image that you maybe haven't considered or heard before. You're going to get some 30-second tools for beginning your own body confidence journey right now, today, and my top tips for dealing with self-judgment and comparison traps. Ready? Whew! Okay, I am going to jump in with some mind-bending facts and stats. I'm going to ask you to put on your thinking cap and guess for me, what percentage of women in first world countries consider themselves beautiful? Got a guess in mind what percentage? 4%. Holy crap, right? 4% of women think they're beautiful? You've got to be kidding me. What percentage of girls age 7 to 10 think they should be thinner and are currently dieting? 50%. Half. Half of 7 to 10-year-old girls think they should be thinner and are dieting to try and achieve that. Ugh. So when we put this together, this one is going to blow your mind. Over the course of her entire life, what percentage of years does the average woman spend obsessing about changing her life by changing her body? How many years over the course of an average lifetime? Are you ready? 31 a third. If you live to be 90 years old, that means a third of your life spent obsessing about changing your life by changing your body. What the actual fuck? How did we get here? Oh, okay. Now you guys know I'm a personal trainer and so I'm qualified to speak to you about changing your body. But I want to be very clear. That's not what this episode is about. We will not be discussing that at all. I want to make sure that we are going into this with the idea that this is not about changing your body to feel better about your body. This is about the relationship you have with your body regardless of how it looks. The problem is the relationship with your body is crowded. It's your relationship, but there's a whole bunch of other people's opinions in there. So here's a fun experiment. Have you ever searched the term fit woman? Or healthy woman. If you haven't, I, I encourage you to try it just as an experiment. What you generally notice is that the images are predominantly thin, young, white women who all seem to be wearing colorful crop tops and leggings. <laughs> and while it's disturbing to think about what these images are telling you, like telling you about the narrow view of who and what a fit, healthy woman is, quotes, supposed to be, what's actually more disturbing is what they're telling you that a fit, healthy woman isn't. So apparently, according to internet searched images, she isn't over 30. She doesn't wear sweatpants. She's never had a child or at least shows no signs of it on her body. She doesn't exist outside of the Caucasian race. So basically, no shit you have body confidence issues. Even if you are currently that walking internet definition of fit and healthy, even if you fit into that mold, 
sorry, but you will insist on getting older. And then those subliminal societal messages that are on the front of magazines and the grocery stores and hitting you in movies and TVs, they will start to get louder. So what do we do? Especially if we aren't currently that internet definition of fit and healthy. Sorry, my voice went a little funny there. <laughs> Sounds like I'm getting emotional. Maybe I am. Okay, we build our body confidence from the inside, not the outside. And yeah, I know, easier said than done. But I've got some ideas for you. So again, I'm going to be talking fast through this. Beauty Redefined says, healthy body image is not believing your body looks good. It's believing your body is good, regardless of how it looks. I love that. Freaking love that. But how, right? <laughs> like, yeah, sounds great. How? Okay, we pay attention to the factors that are actually within your control. Your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. Your, your body shape and size that you will never have control over. You do have control over your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. These things will help you improve your well-being and your health regardless of your weight. I'm going to do a little bit of mind reading here and guess that there's at least a few of you thinking being fit and losing weight isn't about looks, it's about health. So, I want to rattle the cage on that myth. You can be thin and unhealthy. In fact, many diets lead to physical health issues and usually whole body mind wellness just plummets. You can also have extra pounds and be healthy. How? If you're, if you're going like, really? How? Yes. <laughs> Humans are more than a physical body that needs nutrition. We have an emotional body that has emotional wellness needs. We're a mental body that needs mental balance. We're also a spiritual body that needs connection and faith. Weight loss goals are different than health goals. Sometimes they coincide, sure, but not always. And as we'll talk about later, it often has to do with our definitions. For example, if you're using BMI to determine health, well, stop. Like, just stop. <laughs> but even if we just look at physical markers, there are six measurements that researchers tend to use to determine health outside of weight. Things like blood pressure, insulin resistance, inflammation markers. And the research has found that almost 50% of people who would be classified as overweight by the BMI, please stop using BMI, and 30% of those who actually qualified as obese, according to those other markers, they were actually healthy. If you took weight out of it, they were healthy. And that was measured by at least five of those other metrics. Now, Taking that into account on the other end of things, over 30% of people who were quote-unquote normal-weighted people were unhealthy by at least two of those other six metrics, things like blood pressure, insulin resistance, all that. But look, I've been giving you a bunch of logical bits and bobs to consider, and I get it. Feeling good or bad about your body is just that, a feeling. You can know all this stuff, but it won't necessarily change how you feel, right? So stay tuned, my friend. I've got some feeling fixers.
coming up. Now, personally, I think where the feelings you come from, understanding that can be helpful in redirecting them. So warning, if you don't think I've already been talking fast, I'm going to skim through this next bit and I'm fully aware that your brain might explode with fuck the what and leave you with a crink in your neck from kind of looking back to try and see what I just sped past. But remember, this is a crash course. Helmets on, people. And I want to make sure that we get to what the hell do I do about it? <laughs> if you want to explore more in depth into this stuff I'm skimming through, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to my five-day body confidence journey. It goes much more in depth, gives you way more 30-second, 30 30-minute 30 tools to work with on this stuff. Okay, let's go. When most people think of body image struggles, they blame the media, and rightly so. We will get to that. But Societies have all, always determined which bodies have the most value and then reinforced this through the development of institutions and ideas that just reinforce the privilege of some bodies over others. To this end, the origins of fat phobia in Western culture are actually based in racism and religion. And the Body Positivity Initiative was originally started as a black rights movement. So, mind-blown fact number one, right? For further reading on this, check out Sabrina String's book, Fearing the Black Body. I will put a reminder of that in the show notes as well. But let's move on to mind-blown fact number two. Credit where credit is due and all. This notion of an ideal female body has been perpetuated, carried on, with our, you guessed it, patriarchal society. Give that institution an MVP award for societal screwed-upness. Women focused on their body meeting some impossible and ever-shifting perfect shape are not women who are focused on trivial things like, I don't know, equality. Plus, it's a really nifty way of keeping women in a constant state of self-doubt and failure. Okay, again, I'm not going to go deep into unraveling this one. If you want to know more just on your own, go ahead and Google Gibson Girl, and you should be able to find some articles that show the trend of how women's rights movements sort of coincide with societal changes of what represents the ideal female body. That classic misdirection. Don't focus on equality, focus on fixing your body. That was sarcasm, if you, in case you missed it. Okay, now this third, third mind-blowing fact, probably not so mind-blowing to you. Diet culture and diet industry. Yes, the media. So in Canada, diet industry is a $7 billion a year thing. In the US, $65 billion. And if you're in some other first world country, I'm sure it's all very similar. So make no mistake, the diet industry pushes fitness and nutrition plans that have been scientifically shown not to work long term because they want you to fail. Not only that, they want you to feel bad about your body, try to fix your body in ways that don't work, because then you become a dedicated, lifelong customer. <sighs> okay, the point of all this is not to make you hate the world. And I'm sorry if you're get all the feels are coming up right now. This is your chance, 
you and me, our chance to change the world. And yep, that's going to start with changing your world, your internal world, and the external bubble that you frolic in. Now, this isn't going to happen. This is, this is a little bit of a bubble burst here. Sorry. This is not going to happen with positive affirmations. Sorry. You've had a lifetime of being taught to self-objectify. Now, there's a term worth looking up. It's also in my five-day body confidence journey. We go into that a little bit more. Self-objectification. Basically, it is thinking of yourself as an object first and a person second. It results in girls and women placing greater value on how they look to others than on how they feel or what they can do. Now, no shocker, self-objectification happens when we have regular exposure to objectifying experiences. And here comes the media. TV, magazines, movies, social media, possibly real life have shown us images and storylines that portray women as objects. Character, talents, achievements, these become secondary to or even because of appearance. Whew. Okay, how are we doing? Take a breath if you need the breath. <laughs> but let's get back to that positive affirmation myth. I get it. You, like, Maybe I don't get it. You tell me if I'm getting it. But I'm thinking you can't just take this negative thought of I hate my thighs and transform it into I love my thighs just by saying it, right? It's not going to be this magical epiphany that you say it. And even if you say it a hundred times, I feel like your brain is just going to think you're lying to it, right? And so, yeah, so it, it will feel like you're lying to yourself. And you, to me, you're going to... Well, for myself personally, I end up liking myself less if I'm lying to myself and just saying, I love my thighs. When I don't, <laughs> just changing a negative to the polar opposite positive, it's too big of a leap across this pit of body negativity. So what do we do about that, right? 30 second internal world change step. Stop trying to fake pep talk yourself with fairy godmother statements that you don't believe. I'm going to give you a little metaphor here, analogy. Miss Winnie the Pooh, my lovely horse, will often get impatient if we're standing still in an arena and she'll try to pull the reins out of my hands. Now, I could hold on tight and fight to make her stop and make her hold her head where I think it should be, or I could let my reins go loose and then when she pulls her head forward... My hands aren't there holding. There's nothing to fight against. So she just ends up stretching her neck out really long and then kind of just relaxes because there's nothing to fight against. So that is what we are going to do for your brain. Don't give it a positive affirmation statement that it's going to fight against. Give it a neutral statement that it literally can't argue with. So instead of, I hate my thighs, I'm using this example Maybe you already love your thighs, and that's great. I'm just using this as an example throughout. It's going to be a consistent example, because I actually hear this a lot in my personal training. Instead of, I hate my thighs, go neutral. Those are my thighs. Or maybe even, this is what my thighs look like today. Now, 
I'm betting a bunch of you are thinking, yeah, I'm going to want to tack on something negative to that. I'm going to say those are my thighs. And then there's this thought that's going to come out that says, and they look horrible. But this is where you can start challenging yourself to get stronger. Resist the urge for the add-ons. So when that urge to add on something negative to your neutral statement comes up, so those are my thighs, remind yourself that your brain says a lot of things that may or may not be true. And if we aren't willing to accept the ridiculous concept that our thighs look wonderful, it is equally as unrealistic to believe that they look horrible. Because our brain lies. It's well-meaning, it tries hard, but it lies. It says a lot of things that may or may not be true. Your thighs just are. They're just there. They're not good or bad. A 30-second external. So that was a 30-second internal world change that you can do for yourself. And don't worry, I'm going to have some more. If you're feeling some resistance to that, that's okay. You might want to go back and listen to my very first podcast episode where I give you um, ideas for dealing with that brain resistance to changing things. So a 30-second external world change. So going outside of ourselves here. Use non-appearance-based compliments when you are speaking to other women. So you're not changing yourself with this, you're changing the world with this, except it will change you as well. So give non-appearance-based compliments when you are speaking to other women, and then I dare you, stand back, watch the surprise and gratitude on their face at being seen for something that isn't about their appearance. I'm going to put a link to my free starter guide of 20 compliments that you can give women that have nothing to do with their looks. Now, to be clear, it isn't, I don't think, bad to admire a woman from an aesthetic perspective, but a disproportionate amount of comments made towards women are appearance-based and girls. And that's part of what leads into this self-objectification problem. So we're going to look at ourselves and we're going to stop becoming part of this problem, right? Now, here's a really cool way to take this and make it an internal world fix. Try giving yourself these compliments. So when that negative to neutral self-talk feels hard, misdirect. <laughs> Give yourself a non-appearance-based compliment. If, you, if you're really struggling with the neutral, those are my thighs, and, and that negative really wants to come in, just misdirect redirect. Find a non-appearance-based compliment and give yourself that right in that moment. Something you can't argue against as well. Okay, so we've established racism, patriarchy, diet culture heavily influence our ability to escape self-objectification and negative body image. And part of the reason I've brought all this up is that I'm hoping it will free up a little bit of space for you to offer yourself some self-compassion. Self-compassion and self-care are two fabulous building blocks of body confidence. So, more tips and tools for you. A 30-second self-compassion idea. When you do hear those negative thoughts, don't just think about the words. Like, you know how people always say, think about, would you speak to a friend that way or whatever? We're going to Actually, take that a step further. Be aware of the tone that you are using with yourself. 
it's really interesting when you actually start listening to those negative thoughts, there's, there's just this nasty tone to them. So can you soften that tone? Specifically, imagine if you were speaking to a scared child. And I say this for a couple of reasons. Because first of all, really, somewhere deep down, when we're judging our thighs, isn't there this element of, if my thighs look like this, I must have done something wrong or bad, like it's my fault. It's not, of course. You've done nothing wrong. And you know what? Wait a hundred years and your thighs will be all the rage if we're basing body ideals on what society deems to be good and bad in the moment. So let's shift to a neutral thought and soften the tone. And then if you're up for a really big dose of self-compassion, when you get to that neutral thought, that those are my thighs, do an add-on. The add-on is and that's okay. Whew, that, that's actually a really big self-compassion step to add, and that's okay, to the end of all of your neutral thoughts. Now, coming back to that softening the tone idea, the cool, really cool, unintended consequence of that is that when you are speaking as if you're speaking to a scared child, you tend to go into protective caregiver mindset mode and maybe start looking for ways to help. You might even literally ask yourself, what do I need in this moment? Do I need support from a friend? Do I need a mood boost? Do I need to laugh at a funny video? Do I need a rest because I'm overtired? Do I need a glass of water or to fuel my body? And those things lead us nicely into talking about self-care, the second big foundational building block of body confidence. So we've had self-compassion. Here's a 30-second self-care idea. Spend time mindfully reconnecting with your body. It is so much easier to like your body when you feel connected to it as opposed to totally disconnected from it. Hello, self-objectification. My favorite way of doing this is something I mentioned also in my very first podcast episode, and it's part of the Little Black Book of Kick-Ass Life Secrets. I'm going to put a link to that down below as well, also free. In that Little Black Book of Kick-Ass Life Secrets, we learn how to be enough, how to love our body, and how to break the rules. So this, this tip is in there. Take a minimum of 30 seconds to find your pulse, and just breathe while feeling your heartbeat through your pulse. I find it has an uncanny way of not only regulating, but connecting you to your body. So try it, and then please let me know what you think. Connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, at Kickass Life Project, and let me know what this does for you. And again, if you want more in-depth ideas for body confidence, I'll link to that five-day journey. Do not over or underestimate the importance, the impact of 30-second daily habits. They can make a huge difference. Spending that 30 seconds a day just with your body, feeling your pulse, breathing into that can really make a huge difference in how you think about how you connect, how you interact with your own body. Now, one other thing I wanted to touch on in this crash course is the comparison trap. 
when you compare yourself to your previous self or to other people, basically it sucks. And there is no happy ending because we're in scarcity mindset. Oh yeah, when we experience jealousy, we're in a scarcity mindset. This this notion, this idea, it's not conscious, but that if she has a better body than me, well, I don't like her because somehow that's taking away from my own happiness. Now, don't confuse this with thin privilege, because you're right that people in thin bodies are treated differently than people in larger bodies, and they often have advantages because of that. But your happiness and satisfaction with your own body is not a product of what Susie Q down the street looks like. Comparison is a mirror, not a window. That's not my quote. That is a quote from a book called Strong Women Lift Each Other Up by Molly Galbraith. And she says, when we compare ourselves to others, it is often a reflection of our own insecurities or desires. And she has a neat flowchart for working through these feelings with a values filter. Now, this might take a little more than 30 seconds when you first start using it, but it's still a quick idea and you'll probably get faster at it. So we start by noticing that we're having this comparison and if it's causing negative emotions. And then we ask, do I want what they have? That might sound like a ridiculous question, but actually stop and consider that because sometimes the answer might be no. Well, great. You don't have what you don't want. You can let it go. But if the answer is yes, yes, your next step is to ask, am I willing to do what it takes to get it? If not, great. You can ask yourself what you are willing to do or what other things you want. If the answer is, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to do that, then ask yourself, do those actions that I'm thinking of align with my values? If not, great! This isn't something that will make you feel good anyway. So, what other things do you want? If you say, yes, this aligns, great! You have recognized something of value that is missing from your life and you can start doing something about it. So however you run down this flowchart, what someone else looks like has nothing to do with you and your goals. Now, another way out of the comparison trap is to redefine things. Now, you'll remember from my first podcast episode, I talked about redefining sexy. In reality, there are so many words we need to redefine, like we redefined healthy body image up at the top there. Um... I think I did. That was from Beauty Redefined, right? (laughs) That healthy body image isn't about believing your body looks good. It's about believing your body is good regardless of how it looks, right? Do you agree with that? Or do you have a, a different definition that feels better for you? That's great. Define it for yourself. Now, what about the term body confidence? What define that? What does that mean to you? See, One mistake I make is seeing, one mistake I make, well, there's a blooper, (laughs) that's a mistake I made. One mistake I see people making all the time is to not identify what the thing they want looks like. So someone says, I want body confidence. Great. How will you know when you've got it? And again, we're not talking about a size or shape for your body. 
If I could wave a magic wand while you're sleeping and you woke up with body confidence, only you didn't know it yet, what would happen or not happen that would give it away? If you start thinking about it like that, that will help you define body confidence for you. Also, it's really helpful to identify the rest stops along the way to full body confidence. So instead of just focusing on that end point and what that will feel like, how will you know you're even making progress in the right direction? What things are going to improve that will tell you, oh, my body confidence is actually getting better. Like, forget the end goal. Along the way, what are some little milestone steps that you can say, oh yeah, look, it is getting better. I can tell because X, Y, Z. You might think about it as a scale, 1 to 10 for body confidence with, with 10 being your ultimate goal. Say you feel like I'm rating myself as a 3 on that scale right now. Great. What does 3.5 look like? So just those small steps. That, that's an internal change that you can make, right? So here's another 30-second tip for changing the external body confidence world. These are about things you can put out into the world. So how about enforcing some body language barriers? So when you hear other people talking about a woman's body, create a standard for yourself that says, I will not participate in this. Now, you don't have to say those words out loud, but you can still hold that standard for yourself. I'm going to give you a couple of quick examples. And again, if you want more, hit up that link to the body confidence journey in the show notes. Okay, say you hear a friend, well-meaning friend, saying, she looks great. Has she lost weight? But you want to shift that narrative of women always being subconsciously aware that they're being judged on their body. So you're going to make changes to your world. You're going to use non-appearance-based compliments and simply say, yeah, she looks really energetic. Or maybe you're going to say she looks ready to take on the world or she looks excited for the day. You get the idea. You haven't directly said anything to your friend. You've just modeled a different standard. You are not judging that person's body. You are, yeah, she does look great because something she is or looks in terms of energy or ability, right? We're just changing that narrative. Okay, you can also be more direct. So say you hear someone saying, or even in your own head, you hear the words, I cannot believe the change in her since the pandemic. It's so sad. She used to be so fit. That might actually be a thought you have about yourself, right? But say you hear it about someone else. Say it's in your own head. You can still use this same reply on yourself or to someone else. I'm working on improving my body confidence. And part of that means spending less time focusing on the appearance of myself and others. I really don't know all the things that are going on in her life, but I know I wouldn't want people to judge my body. I'm sure she's doing life the best she can right now. So if that feels too direct, too blunt, and you don't feel ready for something like that, that's okay. You can still incorporate those body language boundaries for yourself. And again, I've got more ideas for you in my body confidence journey. Now, the side bonus benefit is that you are also going to change your internal world because when you put actions to the idea that you want the world to be different, your brain believes you a little bit more 
that you actually do place value on things outside of appearance. Your actions are what will convince you inside. So when you hold that boundary for other women, especially, it becomes easier to hold it for yourself as well. I have literally skimmed the surface of body confidence here. That's why I called this a crash course. But I hope it's given you some things to think about and some ideas to get you started on your own journey. Remember to check the show notes for the links and reminders of all the different resources that I mentioned. Um, and, and again, if you have, if you, if this has helped even a little, if you have more questions, if you just want to connect with me on this topic, at Kickass Life Project, Instagram or Facebook, let me know what's resonating. Let me know what's working for you. Or if something needs more clarification, would love to chat. Thank you so much for listening. If you have got something useful from it, if this is resonating, liking or reviewing this episode will help other women find it. And if one other woman is able to shift her body confidence needle just a little bit, you and I are literally changing the world together. Now, remember a lifetime ago when I mentioned using a kinder tone with yourself, like you're speaking to a child? That also applies to how you can say the KLP mantra to yourself as well. So if you've listened to any of my other episodes, you know I end every podcast episode with the same mantra. And I'm going to do that again today. Because see, we can't get off of this ride called life on earth. But when we're scared or comfortable or fed up and ready to give up, we can gently say to ourselves, you're still on. Keep riding.